Our Lord and Savior is, is reigning on his throne. He, he reigns on his throne as he governs this world and everything that happens in this world. He, he reigns on his throne as he provides blessing to his people. He reigns on his throne as he, he blesses us with his word and sacraments and, and, and leads us to grow in his grace. And we know that he reigns on his throne as he prepares a place for us to go to be with him forever. But as we look at Christ reigning on his throne, and as we find the comfort in that fact, and the peace in that fact, as we come to the end of our church year, it's, it's sometimes beneficial to look and, and see what this church year is. Because the church year that we have today, that we follow today, has not always looked like this. In fact, when the church first started, soon after Jesus' resurrection, they, they didn't have the church year that we have now. They hadn't developed yet. When the, the disciples started to gather right after Jesus' resurrection, they gathered on Sunday. And they viewed every Sunday as a little Easter. It was a day to celebrate Christ's victory. It was a, a day to celebrate the fact that Jesus was alive. It was a day that they, they ran to that, that they might be encouraged and they might be strengthened and they might have hope in their King and their Savior who has ascended into heaven and is reigning on his throne. But as the centuries passed, a church year began to develop with certain events in the life of Christ rising to prominence and, and being marked as a, a holy day. And then we're familiar with holy days. We, we celebrate them ourselves. Christmas, we would say, is a holy day. And uh, Easter, we would say, is a holy day. And we celebrate the Reformation, and that would be considered a holy day. As, as the church began to develop their holy days, Christmas and Easter and, and Pentecost, they also began to develop an emphasis for those holy days. Christmas focuses on the birth of Christ. Easter focuses on the resurrection of Christ. Pentecost focuses on the coming of the Holy Spirit. At the same time, as you move through the year, the, the, the church began to sit there and say, well, the time leading up to these holy days, they also have their own unique emphasis. And so they began to develop the seasons. And, and we're familiar with the names of the seasons. We celebrate Advent and we celebrate Epiphany and we have the season of Pentecost. But as they developed these seasons, they began to put a particular focus on them. And so the first half of the church year, the, the festival half of the church year, where we have Christmas and Easter and Pentecost, though that, that half of the church year began to focus on Christ for us, what Christ has done for us and how Christ continues to, to serve as our Savior and the one who rescues us from our sin. And the second half of the church year began to emphasize the fact that, that Christ is in us, that we live as children of God and, and we reflect the faith that we have in Him in our, our daily lives, in the way that we interact with one another. If you open up your hymnal uh, to the very beginning in the, the Roman numeral section, Roman numeral number 10, 
as the church went through the church here, they began to develop lessons that, that focus our attention on the themes of each part of the church year. And, and on, Roman, on, on the page Roman numeral 10, you have the three-year lectionary there. The lectionary are these appointed readings that, that are given for each Sunday of the church year and reflect the seasons of the church year. Next Sunday, we start the season of Advent. And so if you look on, on page Roman numeral 10, you, you see year B in the center of the column, and you just follow year B down, that center column through the following pages, you're going to see the lessons that, that we use throughout the church here, the, the lessons that are appointed for each day, the lessons that focus our attention under the theme of Advent or under the themes of Epiphany or under the theme of Pentecost. And today our goal is to work our way and sort of use this, this lectionary as our blueprint and, and see how all of these individual lessons fit together in, uh, in the big picture, in this thing we call the church year. Now, the church year starts in the season of Advent. And the season of Advent is always the four Sundays before Christmas Day. So this year, the season of Advent, and that first reading that you see in the lectionary, that's going to start next Sunday. And the season of Advent is a focus on coming. That's what Advent means. It's, it's the coming or the approaching of Christ. And the season of Advent, it, it, it focuses our attention on three different comings of, of Christ. The, the one that is most often on our mind is the coming of Christ as we look at the prophecies that, that reflect the fact that Christ is coming at Christmas. Christ is coming just as he said. But during the season of Advent, we also focus our attention on the coming of Christ as he comes to us in sacrament, as he comes to us in God's word, and, and as he strengthens our faith through those means of grace. And during the season of Advent, our eyes also focus on the coming of Christ on the last day, when he will come and take us to be with him in his kingdom forever. As a result, because Advent is a focus on the coming and the hope that we have in the arrival of Christ, we use the color blue. And you'll see that on the pyramids that we have and the pastor's stole Blue, which is a color that, that is used to, to picture hope. The hope that we have in Christ's coming. The hope that we have as we await his coming. This morning, as we go through our readings, we're going to have a reading that reflects the theme of each season. For the season of Advent, we're going to hear from Isaiah chapter 64. This will be the first lesson next Sunday in our worship service. And, and as we listen to it, take a moment and listen to the anticipation that Isaiah has as he waits for the Lord and the reason he can have such joy at that anticipation. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. 
You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continue to sin against them, you are angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. The word of the Lord. Christmas follows Advent. Christmas, the time we celebrate the birth of our Savior. We celebrate the fact that God has fulfilled his promise that he made in the Garden of Eden and he continued to emphasize each time he gave a prophecy about his son's coming. Now, no one knows the exact dates that Jesus was born. And yet the church has chosen December 25th as the day to celebrate this occasion. And, and as we begin to celebrate on December 25th, the, the Christmas season itself is 12 days long, just like the psalm says. And as we look at the Christmas season, there is a, a particular emphasis, not only in the fact that God has fulfilled his promise, that he has sent his son just as he said, but we see how his son came, true God and true man, and made his dwelling among us. And so we hear in the Christmas season about the birth of our Savior, about the times that he went to the temple as a child, the time or the way he was obedient to his parents as he returned home from the temple. Throughout the Christmas season, we use the color white to, to mark the season. White is a color that's used to indicate purity and innocence and holiness. And that color white is used at Christmas because it reminds us of who Jesus is, that he is the holy son of God who has come on our behalf. And, and you'll notice throughout the church here, there are other Sundays that we continue to use white. And, and those Sundays tend to be the Sundays that focus on special events in the life of Christ. As he serves as our king, taking on flesh and blood so that he might be our savior. The, the reading that we hear today is a portion of the gospel lesson from Christmas Day. It emphasizes the fact that Jesus is true God and true man. We hear from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. 
The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word of the Lord. As we move out of the Christmas season, we move right into the season of Epiphany. Epiphany is, or the festival of Epiphany, is one of those days that is a set day in the life of the church. It's also the reason Christmas is only 12 days long. Epiphany always occurs on January 6th. And Epiphany, that day, is referred to as the Christmas of the Gentiles. The, the lesson that's normally read on that day is the account of the Magi coming from the East to worship their newborn king. The season of Epiphany then draws our attention to that newborn king. And it draws our attention to the fact that Jesus is true God, and he is true man. And as he conducted his ministry, he continued to pull people to the realization or the understanding that he had come as true God and true man to be the Savior of the world, just as Scripture prophesied. And, and that's why Epiphany has the name it does. Epiphany means appearing. And so the season of Epiphany focuses our attention on how Jesus reveals who he is to the people. Now, the season of Epiphany is, sometimes it's, it's really long and sometimes it's really short. And, and the, the length of the Epiphany season all depends on, on when Easter is. When Easter is at the end of April, then the Epiphany season is really long. When Easter falls in March, like it does this year, then the Epiphany season is short. But the Epiphany season always draws our attention to who Jesus is. And so the Epiphany season, we always hear about the baptism of our Lord and how God announces from the cloud, this is my son whom I love. And the Epiphany season always ends with the transfiguration of our Lord, which emphasizes the Father saying from heaven, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Throughout the Epiphany season, we use the color green. Green is used to, to indicate growth. It's, it's the color of growth. When you look at plants, you know when they're green, they're growing, and they're healthy. During the, the Epiphany season, we use green because we are growing in our faith and in our understanding of who Jesus is, that he came as God's son, he came as true man in fulfillment of the scriptures. The lesson that we're going to hear this morning is the lesson that's been appointed for the day of Epiphany from Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard that this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, 
Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The word of the Lord. After the season of Epiphany, we move into the season of, of Lent. And, and Lent comes from the, the, the Latin, it, it just simply means spring, springtime during Lent. In the early church, Lent was a season of preparation, but for a little different reason than we use it as a season of preparation today. During, during the season of Lent in the early church, it was a time to prepare people who were interested in becoming members of the church. And in the early church, those people who joined were baptized on the Easter vigil, the evening before the Easter services. And so the season of Lent became the time when those who were interested in joining the church went through and prepared themselves by learning the basic doctrine. Sort of like today we have our, our, our Bible information class that people go through if they're interested in joining our congregation so that they can be taught the, the basic truths of the Christian faith. This occurred during the season of Lent. Well, as time passed, the Christians discovered that there were more and more Christians inside the church and... and not as many Christians that were standing in line, or not as many people standing in line waiting to join the church. And so the season of Lent shifted its emphasis from a prep, time of preparation for those who were, who were preparing to join the church to a time of preparation for those who were already members of the church. It still kept Easter in mind. And it still tried to focus people to prepare themselves for Christ's passion and his resurrection. And so that season of preparation began to shift in emphasis uh, away from learning, just learning the basic doctrines to, to focusing on who we are. We are our sinners who are standing before a holy God. And, and so as a time of preparation, Lent became that season where we focus on our repentance and we focus from turning from our sins and we focus on the need that we have for a savior. And, and because it's, it's this kind of preparation, the services tend to be a little more somber in tone. You'll, you'll, you'll notice during the season of Lent that we, we stop using Alleluia in the service. We also use purple. Purple because it's a color of Repentance. It's the color of mourning. The, the final season of Lent, or the final week in the season of Lent, is Holy Week. And, and it's there that we especially see the emphasis on Christ our King as he goes to battle for us. On, on Palm Sunday, he rides into Jerusalem as that triumphant King, even though he has, has not conquered yet. Then during the, the, the week, we see how Jesus goes to battle as he goes to the cross after he's been handed over to his enemies to defeat sin and death and the power of the devil. And we see as he rests from his labors in the tomb for those three days. But Lent 
as we look at the lessons, is not just about our sins. The season of Lent focuses in all of the different ways that Jesus serves as our substitute, as he fights against temptation, as he resists, uh, or, or as he remains obedient to the law, as he continues to do his Father's will, even when people are trying to pull him away from that. We hear this morning from Mark chapter 1, which is the, the gospel for the first Sunday in Lent, and we see the emphasis of Jesus and his obedience for us. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The word of the Lord. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Alleluia. Those are the words that, that were welcomed with on Easter morning. Those are the words that summarize the entire Easter season. We celebrate the fact that Christ is alive, that he's been raised from the tomb, that as our risen Savior, he lives and rules eternally. And as our risen Savior, we know that because he rose and because he conquered death, he is the one who's able to give us life in his name. The day of Easter was the earliest festival that was celebrated by the Christian church. And, and as you look back in history, you see the day of Easter being celebrated as early as 130, as early as the second century of the church. The season of Easter lasts 50 days. From the day that Jesus rose up until we come to the day of Pentecost. And, and once again, because it's one of those days that focus on our Savior and what he's done for us, we turn back to white and, and use white uh, to mark uh, the, the perfect Son of God who, who serves as our risen Lord. The lesson that we hear today is one of the lessons that's used on Easter Sunday from the Gospel of John. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the distance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. The word of the Lord. The final festival of the church year is Pentecost. And, and as we look at the three major festivals, Christmas and then Easter and then Pentecost, each one of those festivals 
focuses on one of the, the persons of the Godhead. Christmas focuses on God the Father and how God the Father fulfilled his promise to send his Son into the world. And Easter focuses on God the Son and how, how God the Son came to rescue us from our sin and serve as that Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Pentecost is the festival of the Holy Spirit. It's the festival of the Holy Spirit because this is the day that the Holy Spirit comes just as Jesus said he would. It's the day that we see the Holy Spirit at work as he gives birth to the Christian church and, and allows, uh, allows the word to begin to go out amongst the nations. And the, the, the day of Pentecost highlights the Spirit's work because, because we see it. We see the tons of flame that have appeared on, on the heads of his disciples. We hear the, the sound uh, that indicates that the Spirit had come just as he had promised. We hear as the apostles begin to speak the, the news of Jesus to all the people from all the lands and all the languages and it travels to Jerusalem for the festival. And we see and we call this day the birth of the Christian church because on it we see how how 3,000 people heard the message of the apostles and, I'm sorry, 2,000 people heard the message of the apostles and were baptized on that day. Um, we use the color red for the season of Pentecost. Red because it's the color of passion, red because it's the color of, of fire and fervor, and red because we see how the gospel motivates us and pushes us to share that news with the people who are around us. We hear a portion from Acts chapter 2 of the events that happened on that Pentecost day. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tons of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The word of the Lord. 